0: listening to the teach from home podcast the podcast that equips educates and encourages brand new homeschoolers my name is beth pavlik i'm a homeschooling mom to four kids i'm the owner of the youtube channel teach from home and the website bethpavlik.com where you can find all kinds of great resources including my online course for new homeschoolers welcome and let's get started and welcome to episode 10 of the Teach From Home podcast. I am Beth and I hope that wherever you are, whoever you are with and whatever you're doing, I hope that you are enjoying it. Currently, I am sitting in my office on a Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon, all by myself able to record this episode. Because my husband works from home now and I would never have been able to do this if he were not working from home Um, because my four kids are here all of the time with me and there would have just been no way. And so I completely appreciate my privilege of my husband working from home so that I can do this. Um, but I hope that you're having a wonderful day, whatever you are doing. We are continuing going through Jim Trelise's Read Aloud Handbook. And today I'm on chapter three, and it's entitled The Stages of Read Aloud. So it starts out with infants, like how important is it to read to infants? And the um, The research that they found from Dr. Jack Shonkoff, who is the director of the Center on the Developing Child at Harvard University, he is one of the nation's leading authorities on children's brain development and can make complicated ideas understandable to parents and teachers. Supported by extensive brain research, he is adamant that early childhood education should not be just about education, but also about playing, exploring and nurturing emotional development in short the whole child it goes on to say also firmly established by the research is that measurable long-term storage of sound and word patterns begins as early as eight months of age so if you were thinking to yourself really does my baby you know less than 12 months old really Does it really matter what I expose them to as far as reading books to them or talking to them? The answer is yes, it does. Children hearing the most language will have the best chance of having the best language skills. Speaking with children and exposing them to books, stories, and songs helps strengthen children's language and communication, which puts them on a path toward learning and succeeding in school. None of this is intended to create a super baby. The focus should be on nurturing whatever abilities are already there, creating an intimate bond between parent and child, and building a happy bridge between child and books that can be crossed whenever the child is developmentally ready as a reader. So again, we are not trying to make our child the most intelligent in in competition with other children their age. Um, It's not about that. It's about nurturing whatever abilities are already there. Our babies are already born learning. Their brains are wired for learning. And so putting these good things in front of them, like speaking to them, reading books to them, exposing them to good things and good language will, will help them to develop. So it's important. The next question that they cover is, which books are best for infants? And in a nutshell, it's books that rhyme, like Mother Goose and Dr. Seuss. Have any of you read those Dr. Seuss books to kids? And there's so many other good books that rhyme out there that are not just Dr. Seuss. But they say that like the word patterns in rhyming um, are super important for babies. And then it also says keep books short, use board books. Um, If you've ever had a baby or a toddler in your house, you know that they put everything in their mouth starting around four to six months old. Um, And so board books are your friend. I currently have a stack of board books on my desk next to me that I bought when my baby who is now 12 years old um, was really young and I had a lot gifted to me as well at my baby shower for him um, and so they have stood the test of time um, there are a few they got chewed on but I'll tell you when he first started chewing on them I put the kibosh on that very quickly I was like books are not for eating they are for reading and so we they, he learned really early on not to put them in his mouth um, some of them are a little bit worn but They are still here, and they've gone through four children. So um, we love our board books. Uh, So get yourself some good board books for your babies. And then um, at the end of this section, it says, keep in mind the physical bonding that occurs during the time you are holding your child and reading. To make sure you never convey the message, the book is more important than the child, maintain skin-to-skin contact as often as possible. Patting, touching, and hugging your child while you read. Linked with normal parent-infant dialogue, this reinforces a feeling of being loved. So it just goes back to, this is a bonding experience. This is not just something that we do to make sure our children become intelligent. It's something that we do to bond. So cuddle with your children when you read those books. Right now, when I read bedtime stories to my daughters who are four and seven, I've got One on my nap, one on my lap, sometimes one or the other. I mean, both of them still sit on my lap and the other one is next to me or they're sitting on the arm of the chair next to me. But it is a lot of, you know, back scratches while we're reading or rubbing their arm or brushing their hair or, you know, any of that, putting my arm around them. That is something that is just a natural part of reading with my kids. When I um, was pregnant with my first baby, um, I bought a rocker recliner. And I did that most importantly, um, for, so that I could nurse him in a really comfortable chair, but it also became our reading chair. And I've gone through a few of those rocker recliners. Um, and currently in my kids' bedrooms, um, they have either rocking chairs, you know, like the really comfy ones or rocker recliners. And those are the, the chairs that we cuddle up in and read at night. Um, and then also just a really comfy couch to read to during the day to read on during the day. So um, the next section says, what is normal behavior of the infant or toddler during readings? And, you know, what they say is like, you know, if you've got infants, they are just stuck there if you're reading to them. Um, they're not going to look at the book, um, but they are going to listen. And so you just keep reading those, those bright colored books to your kids. And then as they get older, you know, if they're four or six months old, they're going to start grabbing at the book while you're reading. And as long as they're not putting it in their mouths, like, let them grab onto those books that's totally normal they're gonna see how you turn the pages and as they get older they're going to want to mimic that they're gonna want to grab the book or they're gonna want to turn the pages they're gonna want to you know hold the book themselves let them do that because this is their book you know let them explore it and if I'm reading something to my child and they get bored and they like slide off my lap and go do something else it's okay to just put the book down. You don't have to force your baby um, or your toddler to, to stay reading that book. If they're done, that's okay. A lot of the times um, when my babies were, you know, 12 months old, little, you know, toddlers less than 18 months, um, if they slid off my lap, but they stayed in the room and they were playing with something else, um, then I would just go ahead and finish the book. I would just read it aloud to myself because they can still listen while they're doing other things. Um, And so I would sometimes do that. Um, And then it says, you know, if they lose interest, you shouldn't force them to sit still and listen anymore. Um... As they get to be 12 months old and older, they might bring you books when they want to read and they might want to turn the pages when they choose to. Just go with that. Um, For toddlers, picture books and wordless books are great for introducing them to the world around them. So give them lots of great books to look at and don't make them sit and listen to the whole thing if they are not wanting to. Um, Another section that I underlined here was, Once the child starts to respond to the sight of books and your voice, begin a book dialogue. Talk about the story and illustrations on each page, especially if it's a book that has been read aloud previously. Reading aloud with a young child shouldn't be a solitary, passive experience. As much as possible, you want the child to interact with you and the book you elicit the interaction by the questions or comments you interject in the reading. So I've done that so many times. We'll be reading a book like Good Night Moon, and I'll be pointing it out like, oh, look, there's the comb. Or, oh, are there cats playing on the floor? Or I'll be like, oh, he's so silly. Look at what he just did. Or, you know, if they're a little bit older, I'll be like, what do you think is going to happen next? What's going to happen? You know, even if they can't answer, I will just, instead of just reading the words on the page, I will point stuff out. I will ask my child questions. I will say, oh, look, at he's so funny look what he has on his head that kind of thing to make it more interactive and then the next section says what comes after mother goose and I love this this first line here that says during the toddler stage a critical parental role is to serve as a welcoming committee welcoming the child into your world And I just love that because that's exactly how I have felt about parenthood. You know, these babies of yours that are born, you know, you are their tour guide to the world. You're it, you know, you are their guide. And so I can just picture like, you know, these babies are born and these parents saying to them, welcome to the world. Let me show you around. You know, there's so many beautiful things in this world that we get to guide our children to learn about. And it's beautiful. And picture books, this is a quote from the book, it says picture books are perfect teaching vehicles at this stage. You know, so it's like, look at all this big, wide world that you get to learn about. You know, we'll learn about animals. We'll learn about other countries. We'll learn about other people. We'll learn about colors. We'll learn about construction vehicles. We'll learn about it all through beautiful picture books. So I just love that. Um, The next part says, what do, why do they want the same books read over and over? And in this section, it says children also need repeated readings to facilitate learning. A study in 2011 found that when kids were read the same book multiple times, they remembered and retained the meaning of a new word more than a child who heard different books that contained the same word. So... Although reading a different book every day may keep the adult from being bored, it prevents the child from getting the reinforcement needed for learning. Prior to age two, repeated readings of fewer books are better than a vast collection read infrequently. So if your kid wants to read the same book 50 times in a row just do it. It's good for them. It's, it's a science actually. Um, so even though you might be bored, just go ahead and read uh, Goodnight Moon one more time to your kid. For as long as possible, your read aloud efforts should be balanced by outside experiences. And I love that. So if you're reading a book about construction vehicles, um, go find construction vehicles that are doing construction in your area to reinforce that. If you're reading a book about uh, bu- bugs or animals or the very hungry caterpillar, go find those foods that the caterpillar ate and point them out. Um, if you're reading a book about, you know, anything, anything at all, um, go try to find that in the real world to reinforce that. All right, the next section is called What's With All the Questions? And it says children have a natural curiosity about the world around them. This curiosity helps them develop skills, learn vocabulary, build concepts, and generate an understanding of new information. I cannot tell you how many times my kids interrupt me when I'm reading them books. Every single one of them do it because what we're reading makes them think. And they have thoughts that they want to share or questions for clarification. It happens all the time. So if you're upset that your child might be interrupting you after every sentence that you read or every other word that you read, um, I just highly encourage you that they are asking good questions because what you're reading to them is interesting to them. It's actually a good thing that they're interrupting you. Now, it might be really annoying. I get that. But... It's a good thing. And one of the the things in this section says, ultimately, one must acknowledge that questions are a child's primary learning tool. Don't destroy natural curiosity by ignoring it. So if your child has a question or if they have a thought after you read something, go ahead and just let them share it and then get right back into the reading. Um the next section says if we only have a small amount of time for read aloud how do we incorporate discussion and it says discussion after reading aloud a story is of critical importance but it doesn't have to last forever just a simple what do you think how do you feel what do you wonder question might prompt lots or little discussion however the point is to provide time to think and talk about what resonated with the listener. So it's important, you know, to just if you don't have a lot of time, if it's bedtime and you've read the story, um, you can just be like, well, what did you think about that? Did you like it? Um, then then they might have a lot of thoughts or they might have very few thoughts, but it is important if they have thoughts to let them share them after reading. It just reinforces um, them thinking critically and actively as you are reading them stories instead of just, all right, we read the book and it's done and good night. Um, Let them share their ideas with you. This um, section has a has a testimony from a 5th grade teacher and she said some of the richest discussions i have had with kids about their lives occurred during or after reading aloud to them so they 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 something that they were read aloud touched them and meant something and was connected to their lives and they wanted to share about it and that's so important we want to have stories that connect to our kids' lives so that they can share their experiences with us. I love that. And we can do that with our kids at home too. All right, the next section says, is there a natural transition from picture books to novel? And that is such a good question too. And basically what they say is, um, begin with short picture books, then move on to longer ones that can be read over several days, and then to short novels, and finally to full-length novels. Um, The examples that they give in the book are Ivy and Bean, Junie B. Jones, Magic Treehouse, Cam Jansen, Encyclopedia Brown, and Here's Hank. Um, And so I have found that when I was reading, um, you know, when I transitioned to short novels with my kids, I just saw how they reacted to them. Um, and each child is different. With my oldest, when he was six years old, I read the Chronicles of Narnia to him. And he had the attention span for that. And it also interested him. Um, I tried when my daughter, my first daughter, was five and a half Um, She requested that I read chapter books to her. So I started to try to read um, Chronicles of Narnia with her. And I think that it was just that the subject matter was not super interesting to her. But I started reading other short chapter books with her. And she loved them. So it wasn't about the attention span. It was about the subject matter. So I would just see how your kids respond to what you are picking out to read to them. And always try to start out with books that you know are going to be interesting to your kids Um, and if it's subject matter that you're not sure about just give it a try and if they if they can't do it then go back to picture books it's totally fine okay Um, another section here that i wanted to highlight was at what age do you stop reading aloud picture books and their answer is never (laughs) A good story is a good story, whether whether it has pictures or not. And there are so many excellent picture books with subject matter that appeals to middle school and high schoolers, or they may want to revisit favorite books from childhood. And so I have never stopped reading picture books to my kids because a lot of picture books do have really great subject matter that is also, it's still so important to middle school and high schoolers. So I totally agree that a good story is a good story. And picture books are not just for little kids. Um, Okay, the next section says, when it's obvious you've made a poor book choice, is it okay to abandon it or parts of it and move on? I have definitely been here personally, where I tried to read a chapter book to my kids last year, and none of them were interested and I, I did abandon it. I tried it for a little while, and they didn't like it. And I was like, okay, moving on, because I can find us another book that we will like. There's no point in forcing our kids to listen to a story that they don't love. Um, and in this section, they get um, uh, some advice from Nancy Pearl, who is the former executive director of the Washington Center for the Book. And she has this rule that she calls the Rule of Fifty. She says, if you're 50 or younger, give every book about 50 pages. If you're over 50, then subtract your age from 100 and give it that many pages. And I agree that we should give books a chance. Um, For me personally, when I'm reading new books to myself, um, I will read maybe the first chapter or two. And if it's something that, you know, does not captivate me, if at the end of the second chapter, uh, it's I don't earnestly want to know what happens next. Um, Or if I'm not like, oh, I have to find out what happens, then I give it up. There are just way too many books on my to read list to waste time on books that don't captivate me. So for me, my mantra is, Life is way too short to read books that you don't love. So that's what I do with my kids as well. Um, Okay, the next part is, shouldn't there be a test to see if the class is truly learning from read aloud? Now, we are not in the classroom. We are homeschooling parents. And so the same thing can be asked here. Shouldn't there be a test to see if our kids are truly learning from the read aloud? And I love their answer. It says, by all means, there should be a test. And there is one, only you don't give it. It's the test of time, the real measure of anything we teach. What do they remember 10, 20, 30 years from now? Of all the lessons taught, what lasted? And they share an example of this teacher who wrote letters, tried to to reach out to her former students and ask them, what do you remember from my classroom? Like what stands out to you after all of these years? And the majority of them wrote back to her and said, the read alouds that you did with us. That is what stuck out to me. I have so many fond memories of when you read aloud to us. And my personal experience from going to school, um, my fondest memories were the teachers that read aloud to us. And To this day, I have vivid memories of two different instances of when my teachers read to me. The first one, um, I cannot remember which teacher it was or which grade. I want to say it was either third or sixth grade, Um, but my teacher read to me The Indian in the Cupboard. And I loved that book. I can picture the classroom. I can remember how I felt listening to that story, and I loved it. And then I can remember my seventh grade English teacher. Her name was Miss Kim, and she read to us, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. And she read it so passionately with so much emotion, and I was incredibly touched Uh, And so I look back on my teachers and I feel like one of the reasons why I wanted to be a school teacher was because of those teachers. And I had so many of them at the private school that I attended that I knew just loved teaching and cared about us as students. And they Uh, so many of them loved to read aloud to us and made that a priority. And that's why I loved those teachers so much. And that's why I wanted to be a teacher just like them. Um, And then when I did my student teaching in a third grade classroom, my cooperating teacher made reading aloud a part of her day with her kids. And I remember saying to her, I wanna wanna take that over while I'm here in the class for the first semester. Um, I wanna read aloud to these kids. And so I did. She let me pick some of my favorite books that I read to them. And then she had a few books that she recommended that I read to them. And I loved that experience reading to those kids as well. And so, I think that that is a really great place to stop. This was the, that's the end of chapter three of this book. So I hope what you come away with from this is that at any age, no matter how old your children are right now, if you've got babies in your house, find some really good, board books to read to them Um, if you've got toddlers and you've got preschoolers find the best picture books for them Um, or even if you've got older ones read the picture books to them too and then when you're starting out um, with with chapter books you know the first chapter books or these short novels um, I actually have a list of first chapter books that I um, read to my boys when they were younger and then that I um, have recently read to my daughters this past summer and I have them in a list and I will leave that list in the description of this episode and it is linked to my bookshop.org affiliate page so Bookshop.org supports local bookshops. Instead of buying from Amazon, it supports locally owned um, bookstores. And I love that, and I've become an affiliate for them. Now, I'm going to make these lists on here, and you do not have to use my affiliate links. Um, but if you do, it supports the local bookstores, and it gives me a little bit of compensation at no extra cost to you. Um, but I'm going to have a list of my favorite board books that I own personally and have read to my children and then I will also have a separate list of my favorite picture books and there's going to be a lot on there Um, and then I also currently have on there um, my first chapter books that I have read to my kids so All of them are going to be on there. And then if you buy your own copy of Jim Trelease's Read Aloud Handbook, they're also going to have a huge list of book recommendations for you. So you can look there and then you can look at my lists and any list of books that I put on here. And that I share with you are always going to be books that I have read personally with my own children. Um, And I'm going to be adding to that list as I keep reading new books to my kids. So you can go um, and click on the link that I have in the description to look at my personal recommendations for these. Um, And I also hope that you will take away from this that the bonding and the relationship that you're building with your kids through reading aloud to them is going to stick with them they will grow up and become adults that have those fond memories of my mom would set me on her lap to read these books. Or we read this book and always had fun snacks. You know, I remember reading, eating my favorite snack, sitting on my mom's lap reading this book. Or I remember this book that my mom read aloud to me, you know, during um, the the thunderstorm, you know, and it was scary and we curled up and we got the blanket over our laps and we read these books with the lamp on and it was just so special. Or I remember falling asleep next to my mom in the cozy chair in my bedroom at night while she read me this favorite book um it's just the best um If you're going to do anything with your children as they're growing up to not only help them succeed in school and learning, but also in having a great relationship with them, it's reading to them. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you learned a lot of things. And I cannot wait to be back with you next week for a new episode. And until then, I hope that you read some really great books with your children. I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to rate the podcast and share it with anyone you think might find it helpful. I would love for you to leave a review so that others can find this brand new podcast for new homeschoolers. If you're just getting started with homeschooling, I would love to help you out. You can email me or sign up for my online course through my website. I can't wait to connect with you.